You're listening to the Video Marketing Podcast, helping you go a little more viral every day. Here's your host, Matt Johnston. Welcome to the Video Marketing Podcast. I'm Matt Johnston, and I am very excited about today's show because if you've been listening to the show or know me at all, you know that I am constantly talking about TikTok and how everybody needs to be on it. However, even though I feel like a lot of the framework that I talk about fits well on TikTok, it's its own beast. And I really worked hard to try to find an expert on TikTok to come onto the show and tell us how to go viral and build your brand on TikTok. I found one. We're here. We've been working a long time to, to, to try to get this together. Uh, but Mayan Gordon is with me here today. And I'm really excited to dig into how to get on TikTok how to optimize for it, and how to crush it. Because what I always say is these days, I come from the Facebook video virality days back in the day. And it was extremely easy to go viral on Facebook in 2015 and Instagram. Those days are dead. But on TikTok, they're very much alive if you can figure out how to do it the right way. So I'm excited to dig into that. Uh, so Mayan, what do we know about Mayan? She is a TikTok consultant, branding expert, glass artist, and she'll tell you about that because that's her. That's one of her, one of her two TikToks, right? She's a business owner and a social media consultant and influencer. She has 1.7 million followers on TikTok. Her handle there is World of Glass. 310,000 on the, is, is that the TikTok for Joy of Food? Yeah, yeah, that's the handle for- Fueling for two related. TikToks, yeah. go for you. 80,000 Instagram followers, 700 uh, subscribers on YouTube. So she's doing video all across the board successfully. Thank you so much for being here with me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm super excited to dive deep here into TikTok. I cannot wait. Okay, so- can you just tell me a little bit about how you transitioned to TikTok? Were, were you making other sorts of video before and then you sort of found TikTok? Tell me about like that journey. Yeah, so I've been on Instagram for the past eight years. And I would say Instagram is what really took me into video. Um, I was on Facebook long before that, but I never really ever did video with Facebook. I never, I never knew about the opportunity that was on there. With Instagram, I started out with all pictures. So I think for a really the first, I would say four to five years, it was just all pictures and kind of figuring out what looked good, you know, discovering shadows and highlights and all these different things that matter um, to pictures. And I started with video, I think probably whenever the, the newest iPhone came out that had the first kind of really quality videos to it. And that's what made me start kind of experimenting with video. I think before that, I would try to take videos and then afterwards look at it and go, I can't, I can't post this. It's, it's too grainy. It's, you know, garbage. <laughs> and so I was posting, I would say a mix of, you know, pictures and video, probably not a lot of video. Probably I'd say a third of the content was video on my actual main feed on Instagram, but almost all the stories, all the Instagram stories I was doing were video. Um, I had a couple graphics I was posting, but you know, tons of just like day in the life, like candid behind the scenes style videos. Um, and was and this like else... for you personally, or was this for like a no. brand you were building? Yeah. So this was for my glass blowing business. Um, and really mm. it started when I started Instagram, I had a um, smoking product based business. So we had this product that me and my husband made together. Well, sort of made, um, called diffuser beads where we would buy airsoft BBs, repackage them, throw a label on, um, and sell them both wholesale B2B to smoke shops and then B2C direct to customer through our website, um, through Amazon. 
and a couple other like random online outlets. And with that, we didn't do a lot of Instagram stories at all. I don't even know if Instagram stories was available. I don't remember when that came on the scene, but that was almost all just work from the feed and then engagement through direct messages. Once the Instagram stories feature came out, I've, I've really, really always used that uh, heavy amount. I probably post between, you know, five on a really slow day and 20 Instagram stories daily. And then I do a lot of live videos as well on Instagram, or I used to, not not so much anymore because I'm doing kind of a little bit more of these podcasts and taking phone calls, things like that. But um, I would do live videos of me glass blowing at least three, four times a week. And so I was very used to being on video. So that Now hold went, on, where, where does this yeah. glass blowing come from? So that comes from, it's, it's a long story, but after the diffuser beads, we got kind of burnt out on that product. Um, and so I did graphic design and I made stickers and t-shirts. And I did that for a ton of different glass artists because I just happened to randomly do it for one artist and they told all their friends. And then it was just mm. kind of endless business because the glass blowing industry on the artist level, depending on your location, you're going to rely a heavy amount on trade shows for your sales because there's a lot of wholesale and it's just so much easier as a glass artist to get a one to $5,000 chunk of money in terms of your time, all the marketing and making pieces and all the things that go into it. And so they always have stickers for their, their trade shows. It's like just a thing in the industry. And so I just always had work from, from these glass artists. And at some point I decided that I wanted to start making the pieces myself. And so I traded lessons for a set of stickers. I kind of fell in love with it right away, learned how to set up a home studio. And then we just kind of bought the equipment we needed and, and dove right into it. So I switched over the account. Each time I kind of evolved my business from diffuser beads, I just you know switched it to the graphic design and the stickers. And then I just switched it again to the glass blowing. Wow. That's cool. And, and, and you probably saw that there was a lot of viral potential on that just because of the incredible footage that you can have with glass blowing. So yeah, I didn't jump onto TikTok necessarily because I thought it would be a huge opportunity. I was really experimenting with several platforms because Instagram was declining, not necessarily because I'd uh -huh. heard of anything um, in particular and thought, oh yeah, that's for me. And so it was just experimenting on TikTok and very quickly on the platform, I had a viral video. So it was within the first um, two weeks. And that's what made me just invest more and more time into it was the fact that I got a video that had more views on it than any of my Instagrams in, you know, five to eight years. What was the video? It was a very large, realistic uh, sea turtle that was being like put together. So the artists were like, two artists had its fin and they were like attaching it to the, the main body of the turtle. And it was so realistic and people didn't know a lot about glass blowing. And my channel is so new that people went, oh no, they're murdering a real turtle. And then other people were like, no, 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 that's a fake turtle. So there was this comment wars going on that definitely helped propel it to be viral. That's so interesting because it's a weird, a weird thing because the most viral video I was ever a part of, it's like the, it's the story I tell in the first chapter of my, in the introduction of my book. And that it was the same idea. It was, uh, it wasn't glass blowing, but it was an animal that was not real, but looked real and How turned funny. into country. It was actually That's almost body exactly paint. the same. That's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was body paint artists. So That's interesting. Cool. So yeah. interesting. Okay, so then you had that viral video. And you know, it's funny, I, I actually see these videos on the For You page all the time of people that were like, wasn't going to try TikTok, got a viral video, 
no, I'm obsessed. Like I actually see people <laughs> making that video, like that mm-hmm. exact video. All the yeah, time. yeah. But it's true. I mean, you get a lot of buy-in from that. So yeah, I mean, it, what happened? Did you get a bunch yeah. of followers overnight? Like yes. Yeah. So it went, I don't remember exactly now, all these other things that are great have been happening. So, you know, the memories have been pushed out a little bit, but I'm pretty sure it was like a hundred thousand followers in a 24 hour period from this first viral video. And if not, it was definitely like 50,000. So it was some insane number that was more than my Instagram accounts in a single kind of 24 hour period. So I went, Oh, okay, well let's pay a little bit more attention to this now. Um, and I, you know, still put amount of work into my Instagram, but I really started to focus more on how TikTok worked and why this video went viral. And I've had a lot of fun learning through the app about kind of how AI has evolved, how how technology is being integrated into social media and other businesses at a very large scale that is affecting kind of the whole landscape of social media and marketing, which was not something I had been really thinking about when I was on Instagram. So it definitely is something that has kind of shifted my uh, vision to a larger scale one. So how, how long ago was this when you first, when you did that viral video? Yes, this was the end of August, um, 2019. So I believe that's six months about. End of August. To, okay. Okay. Six months right. ago. Six you months ago. Yeah. <laughs> six months ago. Okay. Yeah. 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 Good, good, good. So how do you feel like, and this probably transitions into the, the real stuff here. Has the algorithm changed at all? Like has, uh, how have things changed since that viral video? Yeah, so I don't think that the algorithm is ever going to change at its code level. Um, again, I don't, I'm not a software person, so excuse me if I talk about this incorrectly, but I believe that the, the algorithm's constantly changing because it's an artificial intelligence, all right? It's, it's learning and responding and adapting as it gains more and more information. So as more people are posting videos, responding and interacting to the videos and through the videos, it's gaining more information, more data. So it's, evolving and adapting because of that, which I think means that it's constantly changing. If you're talking about kind of the surface level of what the algorithm is um, looking for on a content level. But if you're talking about on a code level or a like psychological level, I think is the equivalent of the code level. If you're talking about actual function of it, that that is, is pretty rock steady. So if I kind of break that down into more concrete terms, what I mean is that what it's looking for in terms of it wants creativity it wants people to be satisfied and feel good when they're watching the videos. It wants people to be deeply engaged. Those things are not going to change. That's what makes the app successful. But how it is achieving those goals, I think, is changing all the time based on the supply and demand of attention, based on the number of videos in any particular content category. I think these are all factors that are constantly making it change. Cool. Um, And just if there's anybody out there that hasn't even downloaded TikTok, and I have to tell you, most people that I talk to that are are 25 plus that I talk to um, have heard of it and not downloaded it. And I try to get them to download it. So you might not even know what it is. So let's be clear here. What I love about, I, I love so many things about TikTok, but one of the cool opportunities here is that it is, since Vine, 
Bean, I believe, the only video-only social media platform. Because, I mean, video is featured on Instagram, it's featured on Facebook, it's featured on Snapchat, it's featured on LinkedIn even. But TikTok is just video. Like, you can't do non-video stuff on TikTok. It's just video. So if you're into video content creation, which everybody really kind of needs to be to keep up these days, you have to get with TikTok. So here's so, so the way that TikTok works is there's a news feed just like everything else has a news feed. When you first open it up, you get these dual news feeds and columns. You get the people you follow in one side and then the other side you get the 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 ever elusive for you page that everybody else wants to be on. So if you if you follow a bunch of people, you'll basically go through a feed and you thumb through. And then you're just just like every other platform you're trying to get people to stop thumbs except the video takes up the whole screen. On the for you side, it's the same exact thing except this is stuff that who knows. <laughs> the algorithm is just figuring it out. I mean, obviously based on what's going viral at the moment and uh, obviously I think that we're going to get big into trends and 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 using different pieces of music and 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 that kind of stuff. Um, I assume that that pay that the algorithm on the for you page also factors in stuff that you've seen before and is trying to optimize for viral type videos that are similar to videos that you have consumed on the for you page before. So that's basically how it works. And on the creator side, TikTok actually has, I think, the most intuitive and creative in-app video editing software. By far. By far, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. So uh, usually you'll see 15 second videos on TikTok, but it's usually you sort of choose 15 or up to 60. But you can have up to a minute video on TikTok, just like Instagram. And you can choose music. There's a huge music library. Pretty much every famous song that you can think of is on there. And they're usually in 15 or 60 second increments. And then you just record on your camera or you can upload from your phone and you can put text directly on the screen. You can put stickers and emojis. It's kind of like everything from Instagram stories except like one piece of content like it, it's just it's different it feels more like a holistic piece of content on TikTok whereas a story is like a bite that's basically what TikTok is and then you put a caption on it throw some hashtags on it put it out into the world and just watch and see what happens and the way that the algorithm works currently if you have zero followers it's still going to show it to a ton of people and so the question is how do you optimize for that? So just in case nobody even knew what TikTok was, that's what TikTok is. Snackable 15 to 60 second videos where you were. And, and, and by the way, sound is always on by default on everything on TikTok. So it's not like you have to optimize for people playing on mute like the other platforms. Okay, so now that we're through that, it, it's, it's also important to note that it used to be Musical.ly. So you still see the DNA from Musical.ly there, which was basically, what would we say? That's a lip, a, a lip, lip sync app, basically. So you still, see a lot of videos of just people dancing and lip syncing. It's still part of the DNA of TikTok, but but obviously you're seeing it branch out to way more stuff now. It's much more like a video, an all-encompassing video platform. Okay, so that's my sort of rundown on what TikTok is. If nobody, am I correct on everything? Yeah, no, that was a really great breakdown of of what it is. Yeah. I've been using it for a while, but I haven't cracked it yet. You have. So I'm excited to, to sort of dig into this. Okay, so we're trying to create TikTok. Let's talk first about what people like to consume on TikTok. So obviously the first thing that you have to figure out besides all the hacks and tactics that you use to get people to watch your videos and how you optimize them. First, it's like, what kind of content am I going to make? So how would you approach figuring out 
what the appetite is of people in general on TikTok when we're trying to figure out, okay, so what should we make? Right. So, I mean, the best way to do that is by looking at what the popular accounts are and what those categories are. So even if the app is kind of through the algorithm showing you one particular style of content, go to the discover page where you can enter um, a search, you know, keyword or keywords and look at the hashtags that you know pop up that have a ton of views. And you can do this even a very rudimentary way where you start with like A, and then you add another letter in C because it's got the, uh, the type of suggestion pop down. So when you have two letters, it'll give you kind of suggested um, keyword terms. And from there, you can see, okay, like these hashtags are really popular. Click on a couple, see what the creators are, click on the account, see if that account is, you know, one particular theme style. So for example, you could do this with um, hashtag fishing and see if there's any big popular creators that, that do fishing or if it's random videos across the board. Um, and this will give you a, an indicator as to what kind of category categories of content are strong versus just like one-off hits that people happen to find very entertaining. Okay. And so, so you, you wouldn't want to follow the one-off hits. You would want to find ways to fit into an existing bucket of content that TikTok is already consuming. I'd say that that's the easiest way, right? Like you, there's, I think that's the easier way. The harder way is to take one particular piece of content, figure out how to make your own style of that type of content um, or uh, structure. So I think that there's certain structures within a 10 to 15 second period that are probably like really, really great structures for any type of content that you could fit into it. The same way that a lot of types of jokes have a, a structure to that type of joke that makes it funny. I think that videos similarly that are 10 to 15 seconds can have a unique structure that makes them very pleasant, no matter what type of content you kind of fit into it. Okay, well, why don't we... Trickier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so we, so we have this discover, this discover platform too. And, and there's a few things, right? There's, there's trending hashtags, right? And some of them have like the fire emoji next to them because they're super hot. And if you're, and if you make a video with that hashtag, it has a much better chance of getting seen, right? Because t- the algorithm is boosting those more, right? Um, it's good. If it's a good, it still has to be a good it video. Still it still has to be good. It still has to beat mm. the other videos. Right, right. Whatever that means. And we'll, I guess we'll dig into yeah. that in a second. And then there's songs, right? If you're, you can also sort of go after songs that everybody is going after. Yes. Yeah. Because the, the app is valuing kind of the music component separately from the video component. So even if the video isn't, let's say a super great video, but the sound is popular enough that people are listening to the sound again on repeat, or they're just listening all the way through, there's a higher factor that you're going to get that viral hit. Mm, interesting. Interesting. I, I saw, I, I've seen a few things floating around TikTok, you know, some of these like gurus trying to be like, oh, here are the things that the algorithm favors. And uh, let me, I don't I'm, I'm sure you have specific opinions on some of these, but let's just talk about the ways that people can interact with your video. So they can watch it, they can see it and then just thumb through it and go away. They can heart it, which is just like liking it, loving it. They can share it but it's like instagram you can only share in dm or in text message it's not like you can share it to your feed like on facebook you can share it actually to um your instagram you can share it to facebook you can share it to almost every single social app right right but but you 
you can't sh- reshare it on TikTok, right? You can like right, share it out. Right, 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 yeah. right. And, and you can comment on it. You can comment on it. So those are the ways that, and then you can watch it all the way through or you can just watch a little bit of it. So these ways of engaging with videos, that's how the algorithm values everything across all of the different platforms. Facebook looks at certain things and weights certain things higher than others. So TikTok, I guess we're all still trying to figure it out, but I mean, some of the things that I have heard, for example, that, that, that people find valuable, and you can tell me if you've experienced these things, like replay, like if videos are watched, like they're replayed, because obviously a 15 second video, you can watch it a number of times. Obviously like engagement, like if they're watching a significant length of the video. And then of course there's likes, loves, hearts, comments. What are you seeing move the needle the most? Yeah, so I really think it's more complicated than that because the I believe that the AI is smarter than that. Um, and I could be completely wrong, but sure. the reason I think this is because I have enough videos um, and data on my side to see that none of those factors independently across the board mattered more than the other. For example, I've had videos that have an average, because it tells you the average watch time um, on your analytics, which is one of the ways you can know if a video was watched on repeat a lot um, and if you know, it was even watched all the way through on average. And I've had videos that have had, let's say, 13.1 average watch time with a nine second video and still did not do nearly as well as one with maybe even like a, you know, 10 second watch time on a 10.5 second video. So I think there's a very great deal of variation because Mm. I think it cares probably more about supply and demand. I believe, I've never heard anyone talk about this for me to kind of base if this is correct um, at all or not, but I believe based on how other apps interact with your phone and gather data from the other apps you're using, including your Google searches, I would guess TikTok does the same. And so on a whole, the algorithm can tell at any given moment in time or on any given day what the general population and segmented groups of its users are interested in based on Google searches, based on Facebook um, interactions, based on all these things that we're all doing on our phone and that it's geared more into that to knowing you want to watch a puppy video right now more than it goes, oh, you watch 90% of the last puppy video. And I have no idea what balance between those things, between your um, user interactions and between your indicated content desires, um, how that balances out. But I I would think that it's taking that into consideration a great deal. No, it's fascinating stuff. I mean, so so when you were saying that like an average watch time of 13 seconds on a nine second video, so that means on average people were rewatching, they were replaying the video and that wasn't doing as well at times as videos where people weren't watching the whole piece of content or something. Right. That's very, very Same with comments, right? I've had videos that have, let's say 5,000 plus comments that maybe have only 100,000 views compared to I have Mm. videos with 40 million views that have less than a thousand comments. So I think there's so much variation and it's really at any moment, the whole purpose and success of the app depends on, is it delivering content that people like to watch and want to keep watching? And so that's got to be factor number one and how how it determines that I think is the questionable part. But if it can get data from other parts of our phone usage, I think that that would play heavily into that because it's very valuable information. Mm-hmm. If that's true, they, they would probably yeah. deny it, but <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. They, they keep everything real locked down right now. <laughs> yeah. All, all algorithms are a black box. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, I mean, I, I feel like cracking it is, is what we're always trying to do all the time. So let's, so, so, so why don't we go a little bit into uh, the tactics of a TikTok video? 
So what are the things that you want to make sure you do every time, et cetera, et cetera. Why don't we start with the creative? So let's just talk about the video. I, I would think, and this just same as any platform I've ever created viral video for, the first two, three seconds are the most important thing because you're dealing with a you're dealing with a user base that's thumbing through things and you have to stop their thumb, just like every other newsfeed based platform. What are what's your approach? to the beginning of your videos? How do you think through that? Yeah, so I think that there has to, like you said, you have to have something right in the beginning that gets them to the end. Um, I think it, you could argue to say that the end is, is more important because it delivers or doesn't deliver satisfaction other than you have to have the beginning to get them to the end. So it, it therefore is more important. There's noise. Noise can be a factor that like makes us really curious about what's happening next. So if I can find a song where those first couple seconds are either interesting or like kind of catchy right away so that people are like, ooh, I want to really listen to the rest of the song because now it's catchy in my head. Um, those can be great, you know, things outside of the visual content of the video. For the actual visual content, I think that, you know, bright colors can really catch our, our eye attention and hold our eye attention too. Um, and then movement is another one. So if something is moving or starting to move in the beginning of the video, I think um, that's something that can really engage us visually. Do you know what TikTok counts as a view? Like how long do we have to watch a video for it to count as a view? I do not know that at all. I wonder. I don't know. I would, I would assume it's very quick, like a very short amount of time to count as a view. Right. So because you, you've talked a lot about getting people to the end. I mean, obviously, we want people to watch all of our videos, but it's so hard to just get them in the door and you get the data, you, you get the data if you get the view on it. it would, would, so, so is there something you weigh more heavily? But do you, do you think a lot about trying to get people to the end of your videos? I do, actually. Yeah. So I think for me personally, I, I spend a lot of creative energy and focus as to how to make the end of the video interesting or emotional in some way. And it's, it's a little bit challenging actually with glass blowing because I'm not using people, right? I'm, I'm, I don't, the character is not a person. The character is like this inanimate object. Um, and so it's harder to create that storyline with an inanimate object. And the, the emotional up and down of a video can be the entire piece of satisfaction. So if there's some curiosity and then you solve the curiosity, that's kind of more what I usually lean towards because a lot of times people aren't familiar with glass blowing, so they might not know what's going on in the beginning. And if I can have some kind of like action or ending where they go, oh, now I get it. That's really killer for me. I'm still very hard to, to develop and do, even though I know the strategy for it. Um, and then in terms of other content categories, things I've seen that do really well for like endings is um, either like a surprise at the end where like it was kind of going one way and then something at the end happened. And now you're like, what? I want to see more of that. Like what's next? And then, you know, funny, like if, if the ending can be funny, that, that's all always works so create mystery allure and then pay off and 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 what's the like paying off do you find and like do you think that that do you see more replay when that happens or i don't know what you um think? so it depends on what specific emotion you're tapping into so i think if you're making people laugh then they're definitely gonna heart you're gonna see more hearts i think if you're delivering the kind of like curiosity and then you know giving the answer like satisfying that curiosity not like a visual satisfaction i think that's actually going to generate more comments. So um, I think it depends on what the video is, but you should see some increase of engagement of some kind, whether that's more comments, whether that's more hearts than normal, um, 
long or whether even that's more shares because some videos will get just like a lot more shares than other videos um, even if they're not getting more comments or more hearts. So how do you do this with your glass blowing videos? Give me a sort of example of, of, of a video where or, or something or how you approach it where you feel like you're optimizing the video creative to be perfect for TikTok. Yeah, so um, interestingly enough, I take 70% of my videos off of Instagram from other glass blows. So what I do is I'll, I'll find a video that I think has potential. Um, I'll download it. I re-upload it into an app called Splice, which is a really great editor app. So I do on my, my outside videos, I do my editing outside of TikTok. Um, and then on my own original creative, I usually do it directly through the app. Um, so that'll be things about like when I'm traveling, sometimes I do a couple videos of my dogs. And then sometimes I do videos of me blowing glass. But um, it's naturally takes much, much more time for me to create a glass blowing video than it is to edit one that already exists. Um, so give me give me a more specific question based on what I told you now. Are you more interested in the creative side of creating the video originally or the download side and editing? I want to know the structure. So I want to know like what you think about like, oh, I need to like how you create mystery that you that, that you pay off on in a glass blowing video, for example, or how you blow people away and get their thumbs to stop. Um, uh, in the in the for you page feed or, or your follower feed. So one of the things is just unusual visuals. So um, for, for example, if the glass is moving in a way and people don't know what's going on, that creates this mystery of like, what's happening? What is this going to turn into? Um, and then at the end, you can satisfy that either with it looking now like something that people recognize or by showing them a finished piece. I've found that the show, just showing them quick the finished piece doesn't work as well as them starting to see what it's going to be because then they feel like they have this sense of, I figured it out, not like you just showed it to me. Um, again, it's like little emotional caveats with this. And then in terms of also like unusual use of the glass blowing, there's a video where they're rolling a thing of hot glass onto a sandwich to like grill the bread essentially. So people really like that because it just takes them the 10 to 15 seconds to mm -hmm. kind of get what's going on. It's like they see what's happening right away. It's not like it's taking them the 15 seconds to figure out that the glass is grilling the bread, but emotionally it takes them the time to accept that this is happening. <laughs> so they're like, you know, you see this hot thing rolling onto bread and you're like, this can't be like, this isn't happening happening. And then at the end, you're like, Oh, wow, they just grilled that sandwich pretty nice. Cool. <laughs> so what if you don't have all this like incredible footage, because not every brand is going to be built around, uh, you know, like an incredible footage brand. I mean, glass blowing is cool right. to watch. Not everything's cool to watch. Right? Yeah. So I think if visually, you don't have a lot of um, advantage. So like, for example, a lot of service based businesses don't have a, a product to like show people and kind of create content around you can still create always create content around the interesting factors between people like people are on this app because we're fascinated with other people not just because we want to watch dog videos there's there's millions mm -hmm. of dog videos out there but we're interested in the fact that Susie is doing the video with her dog and who's Susie and why is her video so funny um and so I think no matter what your business is even if it's like accounting like you can do content around you as an accountant and create a lot of different kind of draw and it's attention and allure about yourself, which immediately transfers to your business. People cannot help but be interested in your business if they're very interested in you. They're very tied together. So how do I do that? Do I shock them at the beginning with something? Do I start with a question to create mystery? I, I mean, I mean, how does that, how does that work? I mean, do, do, should I utilize 
should I, and I'm not mean necessarily, but I do have a service-based business and, and there's a lot of us on TikTok that are trying to figure out how to make personal brands work as well, right? I mean, should I utilize more text on screen so that, it, so that as soon as you thumb through, you see it and you have some expectations set? Like what are the tactics you're seeing out there? Yeah, so I think uh, I call that pop-up text. I think that's a really great way to capture attention quickly, like right at the beginning of the video if the beginning is not very interesting is yeah, have some text pop up because it's very hard for any human being to start reading something and stop reading something before we get to the end, especially if it's a short sentence or a couple words. And then also it can, like you said, it can set kind of like a pattern and people like patterns. Like we've always liked patterns. We always will. Um, so if you can tap into a pattern that people do like, then it's easy to repeat that. It makes the content creation easier in terms of knowing what's going to work. You're just not until you test out a lot of videos. So kind of, you know, pick all these ideas, throw them out there, see the responsiveness and then adjust based off the responsiveness. Even if none of your videos go viral at all in the first you know, week, you can still see, okay, this one did better. Okay, well, why did this one do better? Let me do another video that has that component that I think made it better than the rest. And you evolve and again, at some point, hopefully you catch on and get one of those viral hits. Okay, so... There's just so much to unpack. We're going to keep digging in here because we're not, we're not, we're not over the creative. How, how often do you pick a song from the library because you get that algorithmic push from it? Do you do it all the time? Do you ever use your own original sound? How do you do that? Yeah, I never. Oh, so no, not never. I almost always use sound through the library. Um, one, because again, then I can pick, you can, um, when you pick a song, it allows you to pick where exactly in the song if it's longer than 15 seconds. So if you pick a, a soundtrack that's a minute long, you can slide to exactly where you want it to stop and end. And for me, that's incredibly valuable for lining up movement with music. So I think this can actually be done in lots of industries such as fitness, um, which I'm not even hardly seeing it at all done in fitness, but you know, having your movements I know. match match up exactly with how the sound is going. Is I that think something is that like people are expecting? Like people are loving that? Like, like is, is that it's because of the musically vibe? Like people are just- No, it's, no, it's because human beings love patterns. It's because your brain loves mm. patterns. Um, and so to see the the movement with the music is just like this visual auditory satisfaction that your brain likes. And so that's why that works well, really across all categories. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's a great tool. It's hard to do with original sounds, but there's something interesting about original sounds um, in certain ways where, again, it taps really deep into kind of our psychology. So it's called ASMR for like the, the category of, of people who make these videos where it's specific to this. But ASMR is really something prevalent in all types of videos that have natural sounds, I would say. Um, so it's not like computer generated sounds. It's like the crunch of, you know, your foot on mm -hmm. the sidewalk or just like the slamming of a heart. Like these sounds to us are, are very pleasing. And so that's where original sound I think can be really good. So, so normally, even if we're just talking in front, like we're just talking to the camera, you'd, re I mean, you'd recommend going for the library and trying to work off the library. So a trick you can do if you want to get pushed through the library, but you don't actually want to use the sound is still select the sound and just turn the volume to zero. Then the, um, then you can still have your original sound on there, but the app's going to recognize that you're using music still from its library and hopefully give you more push than if you just had the original sound. The algorithm likes that. They like that you're using. They like when music. you use popular music. Yeah, exactly. And there, are, and there are some. If you go to the library, you'll see that some songs are trending. Um, and I guess this is a creative thing too. So let's get into this big question. 
um, trends are huge. So there's really two types of trends. There's hashtag trends. Um, and they're even in the time that I've been using the platform, which is only about four months, I have seen like massive, a massive increase on uh, ad buying in the, in the trends, it's a huge increase before I remember when the, I remember when the Jumanji two movie came out, they had a challenge, but like that was the only one. Now everything seems to be related to some sort of ad buy. There's, so there's that. So there's those hashtag trends. And then, then there are music, like music that is trending, right? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that we should, should we go out of our way to participate in these to get a bigger boost? I think you should. Um, I think that people, the large majority of, of people on the app who are consuming content, at least at this point, are doing it for inclusion. Um, so again, it's not just satisfaction. It's to be part of the club that everyone else who saw that video, that you can, you know, mention it, that you can feel a part of something um, that not everyone's a part of, but a lot of people are. It's, it's like being a part of something big, but still being a part of something small at the same time. So I think that's where a lot of, of people are getting confusion from in terms of content creation is you don't have to be like these big creators and like copy what they're doing. You just have to copy the kind of format or the success of what they're doing. So if they're making people really laugh in a way that they want to tell other people. So think about the offline component as well, because it is a big part of what this company and this app is creating that's I think very different from Facebook. I've never taught, almost never talked to any of my friends or people in the real world about like posts. I saw on Facebook. I talk to people all the time about things that I've seen on TikTok because it's somehow so relevant um, and so much more like, I know this special little thing and hey, I can welcome you to it as well. You should go check it out and you can be a part of my special thing as well. Um, so I think there's this really interesting inclusion factor with that. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I'm seeing different people use this stuff in different ways. I mean, obviously your stuff is, is very highly visual. So you have those visuals to leverage, to create curiosity, pull people through to stop people in feed. Obviously, you still see people just going viral with comedy all the time, but not everybody's funny. And I think it's important that they have a place on TikTok as well. A lot of times when these new video platforms blow up, you know, it's kind of like, okay, how do we be funny on this platform? Um, And you have a lot of people that feel left out because they can't be funny, but you definitely do not need to be funny. You just need to be, you just need to connect with people emotionally, I feel like. It's yeah. uh, all about it's all about empathy, like I always talk about. So, so for example, there's this uh, psychologist I file. For, I follow. She's pro- you. Pro- you probably follow her too, because I probably follow her because she's on the for you page all the time, and we all see similar things in our for you page often. But she's doing it well, just for just for reference for people. Is with she the one who brands. does it in the mirror a lot of the time, and she's like, "Quick fact, I learned in psychology class today." Is she that one? No, but her oh, okay. too. She yeah, <laughs> too. she's super viral. Yeah, I've 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 thought about reaching out to her for the podcast guess too but yeah she's super viral i forget what her name is now but yeah um she does that but no more no she's like a woman like my age and her she she's always using inspirational sound and it's very like you know it's kind of like freedom to live your life it's okay if you feel sad sometimes blah 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 and she uses text she uses what you would say pop-up text for everything there so and she's just everything she does goes viral she probably she has a huge follower base now of course so that makes it easier and obviously you're seeing gary v do it with 
his normal content. He does, he is like a little more contextual on TikTok than other platforms. So he tries to like angle it more towards the younger audience. And he uses, you know, he sort of has his team go through and do like pop-up text for subtitles slash emojis and stuff like that. So that's two ways that we're seeing personal brands get leveraged. But Gary Vee's stuff is very similar to what you see him do on other platforms generally. So it kind of, it kind of tells you, you don't necessarily need to reinvent yourself on TikTok. I think it's more of like an orientation. I I think that's the tough thing. That's a tough thing. Like what's the tweaking? Like what's the tweaking you need to do to be there? How contextual do you need to be? Um, And so, so we can get into this a little bit more later. Okay. So let's get it more into the tactics. Captions, best practices. Yeah. So best practices are create engagement with your caption. Don't just tell people like what's happening in the video, but prompt them to post a comment of their own, whether that's directly through a question of, Hey guys, you know, do you like this, you know, do you like this better or this better? Or um, I do a lot of things like rate this video one to 10 because um, kids, I mean, everyone does, but kids especially love to give their opinion on everything. Um, and, but you can do it kind of more suggestively, like um, for example, with the turtle video that went viral, I had a very suggestive caption, which I said, no turtles were harmed in the making of this video. And then I had a laughing face. So it was, people were like, is she serious? Or is she like laughing at the fact that she's murdering a turtle? Like <laughs> it was just suggestive and that's where people felt really compelled to comment on it. Mm-hmm. So, so I think, you know, create engagement with your comments. So engagement, you can ask a question, ask them to do something. Okay. What about hashtags? I mean, I think that's the big one. Hashtags seem to be more powerful on TikTok than any other platform now. So what's the deal with hashtags? How do you approach them? So hashtags have no power in terms of initial visibility. So from in the first 12 hours of your video, hashtags are not going to play any effect on people discovering them because the way hmm. that hashtag search works is it's always showing you the most popular videos first. So when you post a new video, you're at the very, very, very bottom of like thousands, if not millions of videos. So that's not how people are finding it. In terms of if your video goes really viral, then it can play a factor because now you're at the top of that hashtag search. And so more people are going to see your video and find it that way. It can also be used in terms of noticing, like getting attention from people who are not on the app, like in terms of creating content or really want to use it, but they're using it because they want to look and see what's going on. Maybe they're interested in who's big and they want to do business with next. Um, And so at that point, that's where it's good to kind of show up at the top of a hashtag. But other than that, I mean, feel free to use hashtags. Don't use hashtags. I really don't think there's a big advantage um, in the beginning unless you're really like rushing with with your videos. So how do you how do you make sure that it's seen by the people that are most likely to be like valuable followers? I mean, like if I just post a video up there, we're just like a like some random group of 310 year olds are going to see it and then that's it. And then we see if they engage with it because they're never going to like me. I mean, they could, but I'd have to do something weird. So. Right, so you have to you have to gear your content to whoever you want your audience to be. So like with any one person, you, for example, like you could mm-hmm. make videos that, you know, 10 year olds loved and you would get a lot of 10 year old followers, but you also could make videos that you would determine that, you know, 40 year old men would really, you know, resonate with. Um, so that's just all about content, right? We all like relate to different things. So you got to think about what does your audience relate to? That's really what's going to kind of engage the, the type of followers you're talking about. Ones who are wanting to give you feedback, interact with you and kind of be interested in the thing that you're trying to connect with them over. I wonder if there's any, I wonder if there's any strategy, I, I, I should test this where you're going at, cause I've never done this one because, because when you're, when you're going to put hashtags into your captions, it tells you how many viewers are on those right. hashtags, view, views are on those hashtags. I'm not sure over what time period that number is for, but 
I wonder if there's any, if it's worth testing going after like really small niche view counts, like for people that are like specifically into one tiny thing that may, because yeah, maybe I you could get could to that be, list higher. I think there could be too. I, I personally haven't tested out that theory. That's why I don't tell people that that's a strategy. Um, but I think it certainly could be a strategy that you think, okay, I have a really small audience on the platform. Yes, it has 1.5 billion downloads, but like maybe there's only 300 people that I'm specifically trying to target for my business that are on the platform period. But they're also not just going to consume content for through the For You page because they don't want that dancing garbage. They're actually more likely to go to the search and type in something specific they're looking for. If you can figure out what those keywords are that they're actually going to use and search for, I think that would be a killer strategy. It'd be like having free Google AdWords through your hashtags. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really, it's really interesting. Okay, anything else with the creative we want to make sure that we get in? We've covered pop-up text. Uh, we've I covered... Would say brightness. That's something okay. that I've seen people making a lot of mistakes. They're like, I think this is a great video, but it's dark. Um, video, like screens these days are so high def, so able to be brightened up. You've got to make sure your video has enough like good lighting. Otherwise, it's just really hard for people to want to engage with it. Mm, okay. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. So we're keeping people, we're, we're, we're trying to get people to the end of our videos by capturing them in some way, trying to get them to watch the end. Obviously, we all know that plot twists work. <laughs> I've right, seen yeah. all of these. Uh, I always think of that like bippity boppity boo song that like I could not get out of my For You page forever, right. but that is the plot twist, right? I mean, that's the whole yes. thing. That's why. Yeah, I, and that's a good point, go away. real quick. Yeah, so you can take plot twist music and just put all your content to that in some format. And so what that's that one is, of the huge actually i did my first trend yesterday to try to uh because i've never figured it out because i'm trying to basically be authentic like that's my be honest that's what, be honest how much fun did you have doing it was <laughs> pretty fun the, the, it was pretty fun i think i think the hard thing was figuring out and this is always the hard thing for me and this is kind of where i want to go because i think there's a lot of people that are that are similarly like where i am with with the platform i i think the hardest thing is figuring out okay how do I take this? These are generally wacky, very like, you know, like su superficially weird trends. And like, how do you make that fit your, like what you want to be right. as a brand? Right. No, that is very tricky. Yeah. I yeah. think, yeah, that's, that's something where you're going to have to put probably creative time into that to identify, okay, well, what is the like values that I associate with my brand or the identity, the emotional identity of my brand um, or the, you know, kind of moral identity of my brand. You have to pick some kind of factor and then try and figure out how to put content that you know shows that factor because again the music it's there you're not going to really like change how the music makes people feel but what you're showing them and kind of the content that fits in with that music could have a different um you know perception on on their emotional connection with the content mm, yeah yeah i think that it's important to be authentic and, and and i and i think that that's where sometimes people get lost on tiktok i i think that half the people i talk to on tiktok i'm like you should get on tiktok i mean this is like this is like instagram in 2014 2015 like let's go like what are you waiting for like are you waiting until tiktok makes you pay for traffic too just get on there now and build the audience so that it gets easier but they always tell me you know well, there's only 13 year olds on there and that's not my business. Like I'm not serving right. 13 year olds. And then I have to make the argument from them why they should do it anyway. Cause they should. I mean, right. first of all, it's not just 13 year olds, but also, yeah. uh, 
you should, I mean, you just, just build, you know, plant your flag because eventually people are going to come and where do you want to be? You know, what, what, what position do you want to be in when this is, I mean, it's already almost as big as Twitter, I think in active users. Um, so it's huge. Actually, I think it might be, I don't even know. I, I, I should know this. I need to look it up. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like gigantic. number two or three or four. It's one of, one of the top four for sure. Right. Sure. And I think everybody 25, I mean, I even see 25 year, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've seen this all the time. You've seen these, uh, the guilt, the guilt TikToks where people are like, I'm 25 and I'm on TikTok and you're all saying I'm old, you know, like, or I like get a lot 30 year old. <laughs> I get it all the time. Like, oh, 30 year old on like TikTok. Stop getting me, you know, stop getting mad at me for being on TikTok because I'm 30. And I'm like, oh, right. I'm 38. I mean, I'm very, <laughs> what do you want? I mean, you relate so to them, funny. clearly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have, I have like, I, I see like you're 28, right? Like I see 28 yeah. year olds in my feed being like, <laughs> being like, like oh, y'all old. think yeah. I'm too old for TikTok. And I'm like, 28, give me a break. Uh, yeah. but, but it's crap. Like, don't get, don't get, like, don't let that be a limiting belief, I feel like. But then the other thing is like, how do I like be authentic to it while doing all of this? Like, because TikTok's a little wacky. Like, it feels like a platform for teens because you've got all right. these people lip syncing and dancing. And like, there's a lot, I mean, you know, there's a lot of very young people doing very young things that live with their parents and stuff. And you're kind right, of thinking right. to yourself, like, how can I be authentic um, on this on this app? And like, I guess what I've tried to do to this point, I've tried experimenting with some weirdo stuff. But at the same time, I'm mostly just like, uh, I think that maybe I'll just do my thing. And like, eventually, like, it'll just happen. But I and, and I actually think that might be the answer. However, you still need to optimize like for the platform. And I think that that might be the thing that people are missing too. like, so be be authentic. But how can you use everything that Mayan is like taught us today and like continue to optimize within the platform and sort of be okay, like, because honestly, my my videos at this point, I have like an average of 150 views, the most video, you know, which is great, because I have only have like, I don't have a ton of followers followers or anything. If I was, I mean, if I was on Facebook and had this many followers, nobody would ever see anything. Right, um, right. But, uh, and I assume that these are people that are like into what I'm doing. So it's great. 160 people are great. If 160 people bought my book in the next hour, I would be, I would be in really good shape. Right. So yeah. it's fine. So, so maybe it's, so, so maybe this content will find its audience because this is a complaint I hear from a lot of people like, Oh, you said I was going to go viral, but only a hundred people watched it. And I was like, well, you need to post much more often, first of right. all. And, uh, and, and just, and I just be, be authentic and wait for those, wait for those folks to come. I think it can be, I think it can be tough. And I, I think a lot of people want to repurpose content as well. Would you not? Well, well, I guess you say that you do sometimes, but you always end up making it super TikTok friendly, right? Yeah. Whenever I edit content, um, it's, it's pretty highly edited in terms of, so stuff on Instagram, both on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, it can be very slow and still get great engagement. Um, there's nothing that really has to be fast about it. Whereas I found with a lot of different kind of, um, categories of content, for example, glass blowing, um, it really has to be sped up for it to look interesting. And I have to cut out parts that are kind of boring compared to the other parts. So that's, you definitely can repurpose content. Um, it also has to be full screen. So you can't take a square video and plop it on there and expect it to do very well. Um, I, I do that, that sometimes. I mean, I've no, tried it. it. Yeah. One of my most viral videos I've ever done is a square video off Instagram where I didn't put it into the full screen. So that's not to say that it's impossible, um, but I do think it helps for it to, to look native to the app. Do you um, do it all in the app? 
Like, do you, do you put the video, fi- you, you put like a, a vertical video file directly in the app and edit everything in the app or do you use an outside? So, no, no. Um, yeah, I use Splice. It's an outside editor app. And the reason you can't edit, you can't go back into parts of your video from TikTok unless- I've noticed that. It drives me crazy. Native. Yeah, you have to like take it natively and stop. You can go back one section from where you stop. But again, you got to think if this is already how many amazing edit- editing features they have right now, like it's very likely that- they're going to continue upgrading and adding more yeah. features. So I imagine at some point they might allow you to go back and do a lot more editing um, within the app. So it, it's good to be familiar with what you're capable of now of doing now, even if you're not using all those features. That way, when a new feature comes out that you are interested in using, you're at least familiar with ha- how you would use it. Right. Does d- d- Splice do the little things or like like pop up text and stuff, or do you do I, that in? TikTok? I do. The, I do all the pop up text in TikTok. Splice is mostly. I can completely reposition the video um, right. so I can, you know, make it full screen. I can get set, you know, zoom in on a particular part. Um, and then I can really, I can cut the video into as many portions as I want and then edit each of those portions individually, sound, speed, transitions. So that's, that's mostly what I like to do is chop up the video and then edit the parts and then I'll upload it into TikTok. That's usually where I'll do a filter to either make it brighter as I was talking about or increase some color saturation if I want those colors to kind of pop more. And then I'll add the, the music and um, pop-up text. Those are usually the, the Sometimes I'll do a filter, like they have these cool filters afterwards where it looks like diamonds shining or um, you can do one where it like does this back and forth zoom effect. Um, so I, I play with the filters a little bit, um, but mostly... Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 just wondering because I think that's one of the things that I struggle with because I create a lot of content. I I create about a, a hundred videos a month, but then it's tough to repurpose sometimes, especially for TikTok. I mean, because I can repurpose, I can make these square pieces of video content all the time and I can put them everywhere. But then when I, when I go to TikTok, I really want to make them native. Like I want to just like get them nine by 16. I want to get, I want to think a little splice. bit, at least put some thought into, uh, yeah, splice. Right. But then I still have to do yeah, the text. I, I find the text to be a time-consuming process, adding <laughs> pop-up text, because you're like setting the durations and trying to figure out like, right. you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it does It does take a little bit of time. Um, for me, I found that it's the difference between maybe like two minutes and five minutes. So it might feel like a long time, but in reality, <laughs> if it's going to make my, if it's the difference between a viral video or a not viral video, I'll, I'll put it. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, 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 everybody's trying to figure out how to repurpose the content because we're told to right. be everywhere. And I, I think it is good to be everywhere, but you have to you have to figure out how to how to optimize for the platforms. And it is a very vibrant experience to have a video take up the entirety of your phone screen. I mean, if you're trying to stop thumbs, you should take up all the real estate you can. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so so what what would you do if you were me? So this is so so you know my brand. So my I mean you've visited my site, you know my brand, you know of me, right? So so I so my thing is I mean like I teach people how to make videos go viral. I do online videos, right? And I create That's tons okay. of I, I I create tons of content, I put it everywhere, and I repurpose it on TikTok. Lately I've been lazy and I've been just throwing up the squares and sometimes right. putting pop-up text to get people to like stop it in the feed more. Right. 
And occasionally there's been some sort of emoji or something to try to stop people in their feed, but I'm trying to figure it out. But then, but then I'm also thinking to myself, the stuff I do, like I'm such a B2B business at the end of the day, I run a B2B business, like a lot of our listeners on the podcast, what can I do? Like, like what should I be, you know, out there? I mean, of course, like it's fine to get 200 views on a video and it's fine, but the most viral video ever on my channel had, I don't know, 1200 views or something. And it was me making a recipe video of how I cooked a turkey on Thanksgiving. Right, right. So I think it's... So what do I, I do? That, yeah, I think that <laughs> what what I would do if I was really trying to break through in kind of your category is I'd write down actually all the things that I thought were the most boring about it. And then I'd try and come up with some short video ideas on how to make them seem interesting. Because I think if you can demonstrate that ability, that that's like a great ability to demonstrate to B2B, that you can do that. Even if the content itself mm. isn't directed at the B2B, to go, I know how to market because look, I was able to take something so incredibly boring and get engagement on it in a good way. Um, so I think that's one strategy to, to mm-hmm. kind of engage B2B and to engage professional people who maybe are not interested in the content that does well on the platform in general. They might be interested in your strategies about how you create content. So I think either, you know, just kind of cross-promoting yourself based on doing that or even you could create videos that are specifically about that and even if they didn't do very well I think if the video is good and conveys your message that the person watching it who you're talking about doesn't care really how many views is on it if the message is to them Um, right still finding the right people yeah I mean I I think it's important because I sort of ask about me as a microcosm for a lot of people there's a lot of people out here that run agencies of of different types you have a lot of business owners out there that are b2b or they're sort of b2c in a way that isn't like it doesn't stick out to you like glass blowing does like oh i know what you'll do on TikTok because glass blowing is entrancing. I mean, it makes sense like about how you would be able to fuel that through when you're just a person and you just have ideas and thoughts, how to make that break through. Um, I think, I think can be a thing for people. And, and, uh, oh, I didn't ask you two questions that everybody's going to have. And I want to make sure I, I get that in. Should we go for 15 second videos or 60 second videos? Does it 15. matter? Yes. Um, so again, the reason that matters is if you create a 40 second video and people are only watching 10 seconds of it, it's not going to get shown to anyone. Um, if you create a 15 second video and 10 seconds are watched of it, it's much more likely to get shown at least to some people, still probably not a lot of people. Um, but it's just much easier to get people to watch all of a short video than it is. I mean, these days, 60 seconds, that's forever. Let's be honest. (laughs) None of us have that time anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, cool. And like, how much should we be posting on TikTok? So that I think really depends on how well your videos are doing. If your videos are doing really well, I think you don't have to post as often um, because the algorithm sees you, if that makes sense. So like the more engagement I believe that any account gets, the more bright of a dot of a data point that they are on this giant board of data points that the algorithm or that the app is looking at. Um, and so you don't need, you know, to have a ton of videos that add up to 50 million views if you have five videos that have 10 million views each. But if your videos are only getting, you know, a thousand views each, you probably want to post more of them 
so that you're kind of more visible to the app and the algorithm. And I've had that experience on both of my, really all the accounts that I've dealt with so far is that if you're posting more often that you get more engagement on all the posts um, and more views on all the posts than if you're doing like once a day, which is still mm. good. Once If you're doing once a day, pat on the back to you. Most people struggle to even get to that point. But with this app, you're competing with you know people who are under the age of 16 who have like hours and hours of free time and they're bored and have nothing to do. I mean, they're posting. I hear, I hear stories about kids who are like six, seven years old and they're posting 50 videos a day, you guys. Even if those videos are getting, you know, 50 views each, that's 50 times, you know, that's 2,500 views compared to your three videos that have 100 views each, right? So they're going to be much more visible to the app than you are. Is there good analytics here? Like how can we see how things are going? Yeah, it's pretty decent. Um, it's about as good as Instagram's analytics. So if you go into the settings, once you've downloaded the app, there's a little um, link in your settings that says switch to pro account. It's free. Don't worry. Um, no one pays anything. It's just a button you click and then it downloads and populates, starts populating your analytics. I think it takes about a week for it to you know populate the first set of data. So if you're downloading it and your account already has a hundred videos, you're not getting information on those videos because it wasn't tracking from when they started, but you'll get data on all the new videos you post. And it's telling you things like um, stats about the video watch time. So average watch time. Um, it tells you what else I've done a couple of posts about this, but it's hard for me to remember now. So demographics, it tells you um, what percentage of male to female tells you what country demographics, but it won't tell you age demographics. It does. Let's see. Yeah, I can't remember what other stats it gives you for the particular video itself. I mean, you can see how many hearts, you can see how many comments, and you can see how many shares. I believe that's the, the bulk of it. That's interesting, though. I think a lot of people wouldn't think to go into settings and find that. So, uh, right. so that's good. Yeah, well, thank you so that. much. I mean, I think we could talk for much longer uh, because this is forever. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think you provide a lot of value. Thank you so much. Uh, where can we find out more about you? Yeah, the best place um, to both get in touch with me and kind of find out more information is really through my LinkedIn profile right now. I'm working on a couple other projects, but as of now, that's where I post the most content. Um, I post usually three to six times per day on there. And it's all related to either TikTok, um, business, marketing, or kind of a couple life stories as well. Um, and to find me, it's pretty simple. I have a unique name. It's Mayan Gordon, which I'll spell real quickly. It's M-A, another A-Y-A-N, and then last name G-O-R-D-O-N. And what's your uh, TikTok handles again? World of Glass, just as it sounds, and then Joy of Food. If you like desserts, you got to check out the Joy of Food one. That one makes me drool every time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for sharing this with everybody. And thank you all for, uh, for listening to the podcast this week. An exciting one. I'm, 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 I'm glad to get into TikTok. Please shoot me an email or text me and let me know um, if you're using any of this. I would love to hear that you are. I want you to. I'm holding you accountable right now for all of you out there need to start doing TikTok or you're going to be behind. Uh, so go out there and use this. Uh, if you got value from this podcast, please do like and subscribe. I know that that helps us out. And thank you so much for being a part of this community and I will talk to you soon.